Once again, I just want to say I am so excited to be up here and to preach on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the room. I know uh, it took multiple moms to raise me, but uh, we appreciate the influences you have on your family, the godly example you set for your kids. And uh, can we just give our mothers a round of applause one more time? I just think they deserve it. Yeah. And... And I would love it if we could just start our morning off praying for our moms. So will you join me in prayer, please? Dear Lord, we want to thank you for all the amazing and wonderful moms who have made an impact on our lives. We are grateful for the tireless sacrifices that are made every day, the sleepless nights, the countless hours of work, and the unwavering love and devotion given to their families. God, we ask that you would bless all the mothers in the world today. Give them the strength to persevere through the challenges they face, the wisdom to guide their children in the right path, and the courage to overcome any obstacle that may come their way. May their hearts be filled with joy and their minds with peace, knowing that their efforts are not in vain and that their love and care make a difference in the lives of those around them. At the same time, Lord, we know that this day can also be a painful and sad day for those who have bad relationships with their mothers, for those who have lost a mother or child, or for those who have struggled to have children. So for those who find pain or suffering on this day, please provide them with an extra dose of your love and peace to rest in. We thank you for the gift of mothers, and we pray that you continue to bless them with your love and grace. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. So this morning, we are wrapping up our series, God Is. Throughout the course of this series, we've been looking at different aspects of who God is that give us insight on how he relates with us and how we can find comfort in him. It can be easy for us to think we know who God is based upon our own opinions, feelings, or life experiences. But what we've been doing over the last four weeks is looking at who God is based upon what Scripture says about him and his nature. Since it's Mother's Day, I thought it would only be fitting to finish our series with a passage centered around a mother. Our Scripture today is found in Genesis, and it revolves around a promise that God made to Abraham and Sarah. Our passage is located in Genesis 21, verses 1 through 7. And our scripture reader for this week is Lenise Thompson. So, Lenise, can you please come to the center of the room? And then, could I ask everyone who is able to please rise for the reading of God's word and face the center of the room? Uh, we do this to remind us of the centrality of scripture and also to remind us that it is God's word which is the primary lens we use to determine how we live. So, Lenise, whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started. The birth of Isaac. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, 
Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Thanks, Lenise. Everyone can be seated. So our scripture today revolves around Abraham and Sarah and this promise that God makes to them. When we take a deeper look at this story, we see God's faithfulness and we gain a greater understanding of what his faithfulness looks like through the fulfillment of a promise. Our passage starts out by stating that the Lord was gracious to Sarah and that he did what he had promised. Now the word gracious used here in verse 1 translate into a Hebrew word, paked, which means to visit or attend to. It's a verb that is often used in context focused on God's loving care and concern for his people. What this means is that one of the main motivations for God fulfilling his promise to Abraham and Sarah was the love that he had for both of them. God was not just fulfilling this promise out of obligation, but care and concern. God's faithfulness flows from that care and concern he has for his people. The promises that he makes come from this deeply rooted love. And this aspect of faithfulness is one that should give us hope Hope to, that when we are going through the tough times of life, God is always for us and He is with us. Oftentimes we see this aspect of faithfulness in our own mothers, don't we? This ability to just care and have concern for us through the adversity that we find ourselves facing. A level of care and concern for us where they will do anything for us. My junior year in high school, I took Spanish too. I also took two years in college. I don't know any Spanish. <laughs> but as I'm taking this class, uh, the teacher's philosophy was that all she would do was speak in Spanish, which meant that I was really going to struggle in this class. So by the end of the semester, my grade ended up being a 79.6% in the class. And I am a B&A student for the most part. So that stung a little bit. Uh, but 79.6, it might be better said, 79 y seis decimos. Uh, I had to look that up because I didn't remember what it was. But um, another philosophy that my teacher had was that she did not believe in rounding up on grades. Ooh, so that's a little rough. So... When I found out what my grade was, I went to my mother and I told her. Now, because of her great love, concern, and care for me, upon hearing this news, she wanted to go and fight for me in my moment of marginal academic adversity. <laughs> so my mom went to my Spanish teacher to plead her case why her hardworking boy deserved that B. Only bummer for her was she wasn't fully in the loop of what was going on. You see, the reason why I had the C was because I had gotten caught cheating on a homework packet. And the teacher told me to go home and tell my mother, which I did not. So, 
Apparently, uh, erasing someone else's name, writing your name on their packet is not a smart way to cheat. So I learned my lesson there. Uh, I have learned very well. Uh, So my mom in love made me go and take the final, even though I didn't need to take it. She made me write an apology to my teacher, and she grounded me for the month of June, except for basketball. Ouch. I might not have seen it coming in that moment, but throughout the whole Spanish grade debacle, my mother was driven to be faithful because of her care and concern for me and my academic well-being. Now, despite things ending the way they had, uh, she was faithful. It was not the outcome that I wanted, but God's care and concern and his love for us doesn't always mean that his faithfulness leads to a road of prosperity. But it does mean that all he does is done in our best interest. God's promise came out of care and concern for Sarah. But in verse 2, we get to experience another attribute of God's faithfulness. It says that Sarah and her husband Abraham, in their old age, bore a son at the very time that God had promised. And we're able to get a full look at this promise in Genesis 18, verses 10 through 15, when they're visited by messengers from God. It says this, Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of, to the tent, which, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now get this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. Despite both Abraham and Sarah being very old, uh, past the age of childbearing, they were promised by God a year later they would have a son. And verse 2 verifies that the child was delivered exactly when God promised. A huge part of God's faithfulness involves his omniscience. Now, omniscience is a theological term, which means the capacity to know everything. We believe that God knows everything and is active in fulfilling his plan for humanity. God is faithful because he knows what is, what was, and what is yet to come. We can trust in his promises because he knows how everything's going to turn out. And like Pastor Chuck shared last week, part of his omniscience is that he's active in making things happen in our lives. God knows what will happen, when it will happen, and he knows his role and making it happen. 
His knowledge and role in making things happen show his providence and his sovereignty over our lives. Being able to remember that God is sovereign over everything can give us strength to persevere as we try to navigate the different cultural realities that can make us doubt his presence in our lives. When we hear about another school shooting or another teenager taking their life, when we find out a kid's, that our kids' school embrace values we don't agree with, or when that person we did not want to get elected gets elected, we can remember that God is faithful and knows what's going to happen. And he has a plan for what's to come. Moving into verses 3 and 4, we're shown Abraham's reasons to God's fulfilled promise. It says that he went on to name his son Isaac. And after naming his son Isaac, he would circumcise his son eight days later, just as God had commanded him. It's important to note that Abraham's response to God's faithfulness was obedience to what God had commanded. In a similar manner, when we experience God's commands, we should reflect his faithfulness through our obedience to his word. As you experience God's faithfulness, do you find yourselves reciprocating that faithfulness through your obedience? Or is it kind of off the radar? We see God's faithfulness through his care and concern and his omniscience, but we can also see God's faithfulness through his immutability, which is on display when we start comparing this passage to another one a little further down the biblical narrative. The immutability of God is the unchanging nature in his character, in his will, and in his promises. It means that God, the God we read about in the Old Testament is still the same God we read about in the New Testament and is still the same God that we get to experience here today. God is complete and perfect from eternity to eternity, never changing. Because of this, throughout Scripture, we frequently see God engage with his people in a way that is familiar and consistent. Let me know if this passage, from, if our passage from today sounds a little familiar. It's about a woman that is given news from a messenger of God that she's pregnant. This woman is promised a son. There's a miraculous nature to her conception. And the birth of the child is accompanied by great joy. Doesn't this kind of remind you of a different story? This story mirrors and foreshadows the birth of Jesus. God is never changing in his character, will, and promises. And he has always acted the same and will continue to do so until the end of time. The similarities found in Jesus and Isaac's birth story show a consistency in how God fulfills his promises to us. It illustrates God's immutability. The God of Abraham is one who is never changing. He is the same today. Now what this means for us 
is that we can trust and rely on the way that God works in our lives. If he's done something for us in the past, he can do it again in the future. Our passage closes in verses 5 through 7 by highlighting the improbable and ridiculous nature of the birth of their son. Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was old and past childbearing years. You notice that they didn't say how old the mother was. That was purposeful. But God followed through in his promises. He gave them a son, and her response (laughs) was to laugh just the way she had a year earlier. After all that time had passed without having a child together, Abraham and Sarah probably never imagined that she would still get pregnant. But what we all have to remember and learn from this story today is that God's faithfulness makes the impossible possible. And we see this truth about God's faithfulness repeated, personified, and perfected when we see Jesus humbly submit himself to the cross to die for our sins and then be resurrected three days later. God's faithfulness can make the impossible possible. He can make miracles happen. He can restore marriages that seem utterly broken He can heal cancer and diseases that seem untreatable. He can bring restoration to relationships that seem damaged beyond repair. He can bring death to life. But we also must recognize that sometimes God's faithfulness doesn't look that way. It doesn't make sense in the moment. Sometimes Divorce happens. Sometimes cancer gets us. Sometimes an unhealthy relationship needs to get cut off. It's in these moments that we must cling to what we know and have learned about God's faithfulness. That he does... that that he does what he does out of care and concern for us, that he knows everything and is in control of what's happening in our lives, and that the God who is faithful to Abraham and Sarah is the same God who will be faithful to us in this moment right now. Towards the end of our passage, Sarah says that God brought her laughter, and everyone who heard would also laugh it could be easy to take this part um, not as serious or to, to, to pass over it, but it's incredibly significant. When God made the promise to give her a son, she laughed. And when God fulfilled his promise, she laughed. Sometimes our only response to God's faithfulness might be just to, just to laugh. Maybe to say, God, I did not see things playing out the way that you made them play out. 
Abraham and Sarah would end up using the word laughter to be a constant reminder of God's faithfulness. So much so that they would name their son Isaac, which means he laughs. They named their son Isaac so that they could have a constant reminder to look back and see God's faithfulness. Do we create space in our lives to look back and remember those moments where God was faithful? Maybe like Abraham and Sarah, we need, a pl- we need to place something before us every day, like their son, as a reminder of what God's done in our lives. So you may have noticed right here, a little show and tell, uh, on my desk, uh, next to a picture of my family, rests a, a pocket watch in this display case right here. And this pocket watch was given to me by my dad on the day that I was commissioned as a pastor. And it's special because it's a family heirloom that started getting passed down by my great-great-grandpa, Albert Samuel Vriesman. And it's special to me because it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. But even more so because of when it was given to me. And for what it represents and reminds me of when it comes to God's faithfulness. God has been gracious to my family. He has been so gracious enough to allow for three generations to work in ministry as pastors. When I look at this watch, in times where ministry is hard, where it's messy, where you don't get the outcomes you wanted, I'm reminded God was faithful to my grandpa. God was faithful to my dad. And God is faithful and will be faithful to me. When we find ourselves struggling with what lies before us, or maybe what we're currently in, and feel it getting harder to recognize God in the midst of it all, it is important that we have something to look back on and see his faithfulness. The ways that he's been for us in the past. God, was faithful to the promise he made to Abraham and Sarah. And I wondered, what do we have in our lives that can serve as a tangible reminder of God's faithfulness? If you don't have something, I would encourage you to go and look. We see his faithfulness comes from his care and concern for us. And we can find confidence in his faithfulness and confidence in his omniscience and confidence in his immutability. God is a lot of things. He's love. He's missional. He is good. 
He is active. And he is faithful. But he's also so much more. As we wrap up our series, my challenge for you, my challenge for me, for all of us, is to continue a pursuit to greater understand who God is in a way that allows for us to see more faithfulness through our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the timing of your word in our lives, and we thank you for the ways that you bless us. And Lord, we are thankful for our mothers and the, the, what they demonstrate about your faithfulness. God, be with us this week. If there are th- uh, things we're going through or things we're worried about in the future that make us question your faithfulness, God, help us to remember what you have done in the past. Help us to live into the truth that you are a faithful God. We love you and it is in your name we pray. Amen. Let me close with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And all God's people said, amen.